Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hooray. Episode three of Jubbly Rubbly Rubbly. What is it? Jubbly. <laughs> Jubbly, rugby, jubbly, I came up with that title and I'm still proud of it, but I can't say it. It's the only thing. Anyway, mate, how are you? <laughs> well, very well. Slight, I mean, my alcohol problems with rugby continue. <laughs> continue. What's, what's it called? Oh, God, I've forgotten the name of it now. It's, it's when you mix Guinness and sparkling wine. Black Velvet. It's Black Velvet. Black, Black, Black Velvet. Velvet. Thank you, John. He's, he, he, he was very quick to text me that, the producer. <laughs> Um, I don't know what that says about him. Yes, <laughs> as he sits there in the morning with, with his black with, velvet, with one, he's got a large glass of wine beside him. Yeah. We have to get these done in the morning because John's just is exactly by the afternoon. Of he's um, all over. <laughs> Sorry, John, that's scandalous and, and possibly libelous. So, what did it? Let me just like I just want a few more details of this because um, you know I don't drink and I'm always keen to spot a person that yeah. shouldn't drink and I think you're firmly in that category <laughs> um, so I just so you so the game kicks off and you're sort of cracking open the beer uh, the Guinness at that no, moment so I was only really starting as the game started anyway as I fell asleep by the way that did you watch France Italy games, yes France Italy I was uh, my predictions are so terrible mm, uh, this weekend France Italy when I fell asleep drunkenly yeah. I think it was 10-5 at half time and I went Italy are right in this, this. I woke uh, up and they'd been beaten 36 this, how, this is this is the feeling um, this is the feeling that I'm getting really fed up with like with with when you watch Italy because you have that sort of moment of going Hey, they look good. They look really good. You know, they're competitive. And then you get to the last yeah. quarter and they're just like blown away every time. You remember Sergio Parise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great player. He had 140 odd caps and I think yeah. he lost 130 games or 120. It was like the worst <laughs> record ever, an international rugby player. And he was just a bit like George Best, wasn't he, playing for Northern Ireland? This really great player, but just, you know. He must have yeah. just had his hands on his hips all the time going, why am I Italian? Why am I Italian? That's an interesting point. Would you play for another country if you thought it would get you to World Cups and yeah. stuff? Would you, are you, would. How much of a patriot are you? I, I definitely would. I'd love I it. Would. I'd actually find it more exciting to play for... You know, I think I, could have, I couldn't have qualified for any other team. Ireland, I've got... A, my great-great-grandfather was Irish. That's I, think, I think on residency, um, I could have probably played for Romania, something like that. Like, but it would have meant spending yeah. like three or four years like, in Romania. And that would be, in I Romania. think that would be... 
That yeah. would be hard. You'd have to really, really want to play international <laughs> rugby at a terrible You'd level up, to go and spend three years in <laughs> Romania just to try, even try getting on the radar. The France-Italy game, do you know, do you know what Italy... Uh, actually, in that game, three tries were scored when they were down to, te- to fourteen men what, what? because they had a player in all by yeah. all by the French, all by the French at that time, and France basically ran away with it at that moment. But you know, so France Italy played a second team, didn't they? In the final next week, we get to play their third team because they've lost twenty-five players. France are doing this because they're being really French about it. Oh, they, there's I a di- the, the clubs and the national team oh, have they had have a their squad. Thing, well, they? they had a deal that. They'd only have players would only play in three games out of the six because of the extended autumn matches. So because the clubs wanted the players not to play internationally, they um, they now have to pull them all out for the final. So the French have ruined the whole Autumn Nations but Cup, have, which but, I think is so French. Well, think, you say that. they. Have, I mean, yes, what? that's true. They have done that, but... They are. They are, France have got one eye, both eyes, firmly on the World Cup. That is all they care about, and they could lose three Six Nations in yep. a row. That if if it meant they got to the final of the World Cup, and I think this is really good for France rugby because they get to blood young international players in a final against England, and it will be England's strongest side, and France will be better off for it. Down the line. Although, having said that, I don't think England should play their strongest side. Can I just quickly say though? But definite prediction from me: Eddie Jones will play a weakened English side in that final. And again, I can claim that this podcast is actually—he's listening to it and he's actually taking on what I'm okay. saying. I'm like the man behind the scenes. Good theory. Anyway. Good theory. I will say. I will say he will play not a weakened side, but I think he will play players out of their position. I think he'll play. He'll do that thing of putting. He does that anyway. I know, but he'll do it even more. Like Ben Earl on the wing, Tom Curry at number eight. I think (laughs) honestly, I think there'll be some weird selections. Ireland, Georgia. Did you see this? No, I was completely sober. I didn't see this one. Sunday afternoon. I was sober. I'm on a rugby WhatsApp group, and I kept getting all these messages coming through, going, "Oh my god, Ireland look terrible. Oh my god, this is awful." Georgia have massively improved. Cool. England got Georgia at their worst. Georgia also. This is the first game where Georgia have played in decent conditions. They had rubbish conditions in Wales last week. In that that was the Mm -hmm. 18 nil boring Mm -hmm. game. Terrible conditions, second half at Twickenham against England, uh, when England probably, I thought, were going to win by about 60-0, but I think both sides were affected by yeah. that. And Georgia really got it together, and they scored a brilliant try. Gavissa Ladze went through... He went, he beat about four players. It was brilliant. It wasn't the best defence by Ireland. Ireland were... I think Ireland are in trouble. Yeah. Ireland keep talking about, oh, we're changing, we're doing all that stuff. I don't think there's that much... It's not that much change going on. I just I just think they were really matched. Georgia, mm. like, really fronted up. Oh, can I can I make one comment as well about the Irish-Ireland-Georgia game? Yeah. Jerry Flannery oh, yes. commentating, Channel 4. Brilliant. I... I... He is... This is an Irishman watching Ireland be very dull against Georgia. Very and he was incredibly Irish. positive about Georgia. This is part of my point I'm making about me because I'm finding myself getting more and more one-eyed and unpleasant as I get older about rugby. <laughs> Jerry Flannery was absolutely fantastic. And I then w- looked it up online. If you look up online the comments about Jerry Flannery, so many people just loving yeah. him. So please, can we have more of him? But what, he was they, they they loved him because he was like balanced. He was incredibly balanced. He was incredibly... Graceful. Uh, he was just he, 
yeah, it was just it was just really interesting. You know, everybody seems to get so annoyed with every co-commentator or any pundit at the moment. Yeah, and um, the love for him was just unbelievable. So another quick, quick, I mean, another quick thing that we've got to mention uh, before we get on to our debates for the week. Uh, yeah. Um, did you hear? Have you heard about Argentina and New Zealand? Did you hear about the Argentina? I, yeah, they New smashed them thirty-eight nil. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a that's a combination of three things. Like New Zealand had a weekend off. Uh, Argentina had a hangover for the last two games, and they played three games, three weekends in a row. So I think there's a few things going on there. And Argentina made ten t- changes to the side that played New Zealand two weeks ago. They're probably injured. So I'd probably be knackered. But maybe they take. I think they're targeting the last Australia game to win. Um, yes, but I thought that was right. that was weird that they that they did weaken their team going into that. Yeah, imagine, um, like, and also you, they're you, really in trouble now because they've lost three players. Who have they lost? Then? They've lost. Well, their captain Pablo Matera has gone, and two other players because of a scandal over some tweets he made back in what, 2011 f- to 13. Three players have gone because it's of that like, same scandal. I know yeah, one of them. Has. Argentina have stripped Pab- Pablo Matera of the captaincy, stood him down from Saturday's final Tri Nations clash with the Wallabies. This is I don't know what this is from. I've uh, as they investigate discriminatory and xenophobic social media posts. But anyway, uh, New Zealand Argentina, just to quickly round that off, um, it was quite a good game. Some really good little breaks. And this guy, Will Jordan for New Zealand, superstar in the making, came is on, scored the, two tries. Is Amazing. he the new number? Is he new, the new winger? Yeah, he's a new winger. He came on as a sub and played brilliantly and scored an interception try. And then another one picked up from a mistake. Basically, Argentina from two weeks ago made hardly any mistakes this time loads of mistakes and just got mm. picked off but it just shows the difference it was only small Attitude. things make that Attitude. big difference anyway confidence it's talking points Dan oh talking points well so, you know what I had a talking point um, I had a thing yes. I wanted to talk about which is uh, which is something we might cover with Bubbins as well, which is how long will Wayne Pivak be given? Do you know what? I just think it's, you look back at Alex Ferguson, 1989 or something. I know, I always think that. Warren no. Gatland had bad times. Eddie Jones lost. No, he didn't. He won the Grand Slam as soon as he came in. No, but but 2018, he had a bad season. I just... Well, that was after the Lions tour. Everybody is is basically sorting out their their basics at the moment. That's why rugby's quite boring. And I think once Wales have the the basics sorted out, because their their scrum was much better against England. Yeah, they were. Their defence was a bit better. I mean, it wasn't much better. They still did crap in some line outs and they still messed you know they still got penalised a lot of the scrum supposedly unfairly what but did they you think of the refereeing do you know what I don't have the confidence of people online who sort of got referees <laughs> I, I just I just go I just go how do you know you just what you haven't got years of trade how could this man has maybe I don't know how many tests Poitras has, um, has has refereed Loads. but it's probably about 60 50 or 60 and you go I don't know more than him mm. and I certainly do. I mean Mike Mike put a tweet out we should ask him about where he went. He doesn't know how to ref the scrum, and I go, but I don't know how to ref the scrum, so I've never under, understood it. You know, uh, but that's uh, what most people were saying. They were saying that Wales were very, very <laughs> unlucky at the scrum because he was penalising them for like yeah. going down. And, and you're right, I don't know how to ref the scrum, but they did. They did seem like they came. On, they were on the rough end of a couple of bad decisions. Well, Absolute, I would say that the tackle on, in the air was absolutely clear. The tackle in the air on Dan Bigger. But they got away with a knock-on. Did. 
from Dan Bigger when he kicked it into his hand. Well, and he was said, Charge Stone, Charge Stone, but it looked like a knock on to me. And I'm an international ref. So, you know, <laughs> I would like to suggest um, surely Warren Gatland is waiting in the wings to take the New Zealand job. What do we think about that, Hal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had a pretty poor show against. He he had a pretty poor season with the Hurricanes, to be fair. But he's got the pedigree at international level with the right amount with the right players. He knows exactly how to get them firing. If New Zealand are rubbish next year, yeah, then he'll move. Of course, he'll move seamlessly from doing the Lions, yeah, to going to New Zealand, will he? Well, I mean, so I he must be on the radar. He must be on the radar. But I. I think there's a chance. I don't want to slag off Wales any more than I have done. It might be that Warren Gatland's very good at getting the best out of teams that aren't talented, aren't that talented, is my theory. Like the Lions of 2017, like the the Welsh team, um, who <laughs> might not be the best players. People who could get something out of shit players or shit teams and get them really good, yeah. but somehow wasn't as good when was playing with top-notch players. Because with New Zealand, you're, play, you're playing with the best players yeah, in the world. Yeah, but there's no proof coaching. of that. It's he, like, when, when Gatland went no, to... No, exactly. I'm just trying to put the theory in sound intelligence. When Gatland was at Wasps, they did very well. He had, one, okay. he had a poor season, okay, I think, true. with Ireland. Um, but then went to yeah he did very well at Wasps Sean Edwards did very well at Wasps and then did very See, well at when I talk about Wales. things I really am out of my depth talking about coaches but if Me I just too. throw out ideas you go oh that oh, sounds clever but is actually bollocks yeah well I mean no it's not Wales, it's, it, it's a good theory well it's a theory it's it, but it's just not backed up by the other side of it which is he's never really had like the best players in the world to play with it must be such so great to play in international rugby. Can you imagine playing international rugby? Oh my god! I no, you see, I would be frightened. I, I'd be, be frightened. frightened. <laughs> I'd be frightened. Yeah, well, it would be frightening. I can't imagine life. <laughs> I can't imagine life with my knees being okay. But no, if they were, mm. no, it would be. It would be incredible. Oh, it'd be great. It imagine be, the night before be... your first cap, you knew you were going to start for England. Imagine that. Oh, I, I think it's. And also the women that you knew you you were going to pull if you're about to win. Yeah, all of those priorities. And how the cars you could if buy. You're a f- <laughs> <laughs> Mind your mind on the game. Yeah. You never see a rugby player who who isn't punching way above his weight mm. with the woman that he's with. That's mm. just you know they're all always got gorgeous wives. On a serious talking point, that's how boring is the game at the, This is the bit. This is the big talking point I want that Stuart Barnes has come up with rule changes to make the game more interesting. What is he saying? How bored All fly hard must not be touched. <laughs> yeah, he was never he was never that physical a player, was he? No. Um, he had a good step. Oh, I've got it here. It's in the it, it's in the Times. I, I really like some of it. I mean, this is actually quite a good idea, but I think it's gonna make the game so complicated, it's ridiculous. First of all, no conversions. So you save one minute per try. That might be a favour to Owen Farrell, who didn't kick that well. No. Hasn't kicked that well for the last couple of weeks. But Owen Farrell really suffers without a crowd booing him. <laughs> he kicks brilliantly if he's being booed by an away crowd. Yeah. He kicks so well then. He needs the edge. And if he's not being booed, he doesn't kick so well. Yeah, get the adrenaline but this other going. one is great. Different points for where you score the try from. Hmm. So if you score so, the try, yeah. if you score a try from... 
if you score a try like um, Johnny May did against Ireland, it's ten points. If you go from your own try line to if you if you get the ball, uh, see this is what's weird. How you're going to judge the dis sorry the distance of each try is determined by its origin, either at set piece, turnover, or knock on. So the yeah, origin of the try. But I'm just trying to see. You get ten points if you run it from the try line to the twenty-two. I'm just your trying to twenty-two think, to the halfway seven. Sorry, I'm just giving you yeah, no, scores no. here, but yes. That's good. Um, so so your own 22 to halfway, seven points. Halfway to the opposing 22 is five points for the try. Opposing 22 to the five-metre line is four points. Opposing five-metre to try line, three points. This which would destroy Exeter as a rugby force. Also, how loads do of their you... Tries come from... Can you imagine? Can you imagine the debate there would be on every single score? Like, where did the move start? At what point? Uh, I'd say what, exactly. So what is it like? Phase one or phase two, or or when does that begin? And also, you just want to score a try. Like why? Why would you be bothered to try? Like say you're ten points down in a game, and you've got ten minutes mm. left. You're not going to start. You're not going to try and fling it around in your own twenty-two just to try and score from your own twenty-two. Well, surely. Yes, you are. If you could get ten points, yeah, but it wouldn't make but it. The, the other thing, but the but the but the opposing side would go. Well, so, just knock them knock them flat because they're not going to kick it. So just stay on them. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. You'd be able to predict what they're doing, but then they might chip it over the top. You never know. This other rule. This is. I think that one's going to be too complicated, but would be fun. This one absolutely could come in. I think Stuart Barnes is quite sensible, actually. <laughs> scrum to the catching. Scrum to the catching side when the ball is caught on the full after a kick. Hold on a minute. Say, say that again. Say that again. I, I think he means when he. I think. Uh, when ball scrum to the catching side when the ball is caught on the full after a kick. So if you kick it oh. and someone just catches it cleanly, yeah. cleanly caught, that's a scrum to whoever catches it, wherever they are on the field. They you've kicked it, they've caught it cleanly, you've now got they've got a scrum. Because you haven't kicked to find grass, you haven't kicked over the top. Do you know what I mean? You've Oh and, I see. So you're you're not trying to move the game on, you're just it's a tactical kicking battle. Is that Right. Yeah, you're just kicking straight, and they, it just—I mean—it's like almost it's punishment for a bad kick. Yeah. But also, it probably would still mean people do up and unders because if it's a ball they can challenge for, I don't know if it'd make that much difference. But it would definitely stop just—I uh, don't know what to do with this. I'll just I kick it know. because you'd end up. I think it would slow the game up. Having a scrum to the opposite. I think it would slow the game up. Well, I, I think, think they've, got, they've got to do something. They've got to do something about speeding up the scrums. First of all, with a scrum, stop the clock. Stop time going on when all that starts and keep it as mm. soon as they're engaged, then start the clock and stop it every time it breaks surely down. Surely that's going to um, slow the game down even more if they stop the clocks. They'll just go, all oh, right, well, then we've, mean got, the game. we've got ages to do this. No, but it means you can't wind the clock down. You can't be relaxed about, about oh, it's gone down. If you're way ahead, mm. you can't go, oh, well, killed a bit more time. I thought, they, were, they, I do thought do. they did do that. I thought um, they did stop the clock and if, if the, if the no, scrum needs resetting. Okay. No, it does keep going, and that's that's got to fit, that's got to end. But I think, like broadcasters, certainly are always hyper vigilant about slowing the game down too much because they're just thinking about the entertain entertainment and trying to grow the audience. Yeah. I think there's still enough there's still enough of interest for new people to watch. But I just think people aren't as picky as people think. I think people I. And also, there's bits of rugby. I love the the competition at the breakdown. I love players getting involved, getting themselves yeah. over it, jackling, yeah. winning back ball, turning, and all that stuff that people said has made the game more difficult because people don't want to take risks because of that. They're kicking too much, you know, and because. People but you still get enough of that. You still mm. get enough to see Maro Toje or Alan Wynne Jones doing special things. So I think we've. I don't know. I think people think 
it, rugby's crap unless it's being thrown about a lot and people are charging through and scoring lots of tries. I just, I just think it's, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too much of a purist, but I still think it's a really enjoyable game so do watching I. people smack into each other. If you want to get in touch, you can agree, disagree, get angry with us. We don't care. You can email us on rugbyjubbly at dltentertainment.com. We'd love it if you could leave us a voice note and we'll play that out on the show. Or you can get in contact with us on Twitter or Instagram. Twitter is at jubblyrugby. And on Instagram, it's at rugbyjubblypodcast. All details uh, are in the episode description. Well, yeah, I've got some comments that really cheered me up. Oh, good. Um, get this. This is from from the people commenting on the, I think it was on after the New Zealand-Argentina game. And somebody, this is all these people in the Southern Hemisphere. It just makes you feel wanted, okay? With SA out of the rugby champion, this is what this guy said, MXVIC66. Yeah, with SA, with South Africa out of the rugby championship, the remaining three are all disadvantaged by having less top competition. And if the Wallabies continue their mediocre trajectory, it's not good for Southern Hemisphere rugby. A well-funded combined combined Pacifica team, that's South Pacific team, yeah. uh, could add value. But let's hope the world recovers from COVID soon so these teams can play plenty of tests against the Northern Hemisphere teams again. <laughs> and, isn't that make you feel special? I didn't realise how much people in the Southern Hemisphere treasure us. I always thought it was like it was like the way yeah. we need America and America doesn't need us. Yeah. I yeah. always thought as a Northern, Northern Hemisphere rugby person that Southern Hemisphere just looked down their noses at us and went, oh God, Northern Hemisphere, boring rugby, not no. as good as us. Yeah, no. No, and I've always had that slight chip on the shoulder. Yeah. And to read, to read, a, but they love us. They oh, want to play us. Well, they love to they, hate they us, don't they? They want, to, they, want to, they want like whipping boys and stuff, don't they? But just that point about the South Pacific, or was it the South Pacific team? Did he say that? Yeah, they're, they're going to try and, didn't they? There's an idea, there's an idea being floated about a combined South Pacific team. But do you know team, why they don't play tests in any of the Pacific Islands? Is because it's like, it cost, it, it, they would only have to charge four quid to get in. And mm. they have, they don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the sand. They don't have the stands. They don't have anything. So it's it's just nobody can make any money out of it. it I never knew this. When I mean, probably this is me being an idiot. But when England play like Fiji, England players might be getting twenty thousand for a game. Mm. Fiji players are getting like four hundred quid, three yeah. or four hundred quid expenses. At the difference is just, and also we don't share gate receipts enough with those. I know unions. that's I found out. I was just like, that's extraordinary. Like if you want if you want the game to grow and you're and you're selling out Twickenham at eighty thousand people, then it's like twenty five thirty quid a ticket, isn't it? That's face value, and you're not sharing yeah. much of that with the side that's coming to play. That the side that really needs the money is just, I don't know, seems selfish. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's time now to welcome our special guest, isn't it, Al? It is very exciting, and it's it's very exciting because this is the first guest, well, only the second guest we've had on the pod, and the first guest who actually has properly experienced rugby at a proper level. Exactly. And you'll know him from the Socially Distance podcast. The Socially Distance Sports Bar it is, Dan, but that's close enough. That's, that's... That's it. That's it. The word, the word of mouth hit of lockdown. Not my words. Not my words. It's Mike Bubbins. Mike Bubbins. And are you actually in the bar? You have a bar built in your back garden or something, don't you? Or something. I built a bar in my back garden in 2010. I'm sat there now uh, on on a on a nice comfy chair, looking at my optics, looking at my bell, looking at my bar. We started the pod talking about drink problems and rugby because I've mm. I've fallen asleep in two matches the last two weekends from drinking yeah. too much in the match in the England game. Do you drink yeah. a lot while watching, Mike? Do you know I don't normally, but I drank an awful lot on Saturday watching the Welsh game. Yeah. I was out with a friend of ours. You, you may know Stephen Spears, good comic actor, oh, good yeah. friend, very good drinker. I found out. Um, yeah, so we watched the Wales game. It was fairly tedious, so I ended up drinking a lot. Coming home, what I thought great. was the wee small hours. Wee small hours. It was about half past eight in the evening, <laughs> and I went to bed a quarter <laughs> to nine. So that was nice. <laughs> Should we have some structure to this interview by first of all asking Mike about his rugby career? Because we, you were talking oh, yes. to two men here. You have got Dan. Well, I was injured very young and taken out of the game as a teenager, luckily. Because, well, but Dan was just rubbish, and he played okay. at various different clubs, but never achieved anything. You actually achieved stuff in yeah. the game, Mike. What was your that actual? I played at a decent level. So I played sort of Welsh scores level till I was about 18. And I was at the Cardiff Rugby Club. So I played at Cardiff under 19 and under 21. Jeez. And then I went to Canada, played some a little bit over there. Then I came back here and I went to what is now Cardiff Met and played there. And then I went to back and forth to Canada a couple of times. Then I went to Glamorgan Wanderers when they were first division and played there. Then I went down to Exeter and I was. I was doing my teacher training in Exeter, but I, but I became the strength coach for the what became the Chiefs. So I was their Jeez. strength coach. Then I came back to Wales and I played for the Wanderers again. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've played, I've played a sort of semi-professional level, but I, I, I coached and strength coached professionally. There was never going to be a career for me because that was never an option because I, I was sort of playing a little bit too early. Maybe if I'd have been a bit old, uh, a bit younger. I would have knuckled down. Right. My problem was was more was more mental. Um, I, I was I had a very short fuse. I used to get sent off quite a lot. So, oh, and I've, and I've, I've, I've told them this before. P- people try to, you know, they say you could have done X, Y, Z if you weren't A, B, C. But the point was, I, I could have played probably at a higher level if I wasn't getting sent off at the time. But the fact was, I was getting sent off at the time, so I couldn't play at a higher level. What do you think of Wayne Pivak and and how he's um, what's Not happened much, there? To be brutally honest, no. with you. Um, um, I think do, he do had you a good think season. he's just he's just tactically he's got it all 
wrong. I don't or, think I, I wouldn't mind attitude if, or, well, as a Welsh fan and a Welsh rugby fan and a Welshman, I would love to be wrong about this. And I'd love to, in a year's time, listen to this back and think that bit me in the ass. But at the, at the moment, I don't see a plan. It's not like we're trying to play a certain way and we're not quite got our heads around it and we're getting beaten. It just seems to be everything's reactive. It just seems to be there's no no game plan to speak of. I don't, I don't see what how we're trying to play rugby. It just seems to be a lot of uh, an unhappy camp, you know. So Warburton left. Um, and then, uh, what's it? Um, Sean Howard. Bryn Howard. Sean uh, Edwards. Coach. Bryn, yeah, what's Byron. his name? No, no, no. Bryn no. Byron, Byron, Byron Howard. Byron Hayward. Byron, Byron Hayward, does it? I'll get his name eventually. Bryn Howard's close. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Bryn Howard. I've read, I've Byron Hayward well. left. Sam left. I think there's tr- there's problems. Oh, really? It seems like Alan Jones is Why did they get rid of Sean Edwards? It doesn't seem a happy... Oh, Christ knows, mate. I mean, that, talking to people who talking to people who know him, I don't know him, right? Um, but I know people who know him. I don't think... A lot of Welsh fans say he should have been mm. given the head coach job. That, that was never going to happen. I don't, think. I, don't, I don't think he's a personality for head coach. I don't think that would be would be a good fit. But I think as a defensive coach, the man is is the best defensive coach in the world. His, his record with Wales spoke for itself. And then for all he wanted, apparently, was was a contract mm. to take him up to the World Cup. That's all he was asking for. And I think a lot of his early career was just on a handshake with you know untrusted yeah. people. He's old school. But um, I saw an interview with him the other the other week, which really peed me off. And he doesn't he's he's a he's been a real gentleman. He just doesn't go into it in any great depth. But he was saying um, everyone was getting their contracts off. So he said, "What's going on?" And he said, "I've been in rugby since I was 16 years of age professionally because I'm rugby league, obviously, right? Mm. I've been playing professional rugby coach for, since I was 16." He said, "I know when someone doesn't want me." He said, "When I asked for a contract, what was going on? They, the Welsh Rugby Union told me they'd be in touch within two or three days." He said, after 12 days of hearing from nobody, I just assumed there was nothing happening. And just the, the lack of respect to do that to him. Mike, do you think, like, um, Sean Edwards had, he, I mean, he had such incredible trust from the players and they all completely bought into the way he wanted them to play defensively. Hmm. And would that have been a threat to Wayne Pivak's authority as, as the head coach? If if Sean Edwards is there and and Wayne's saying right we want to play this way and Sean Edwards is stand behind him sort of raising his eyebrows going oh you can do it that way if you like but uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. the boys will like it you know there's probably there, <laughs> there is, is sort of there is a bit of that on. there is a bit of like a bit of a poison chalice a bit of an Alex Ferguson and you know and then Steve McLaren coming along and trying to do things this way but I think if you are strong enough as a personality as a head coach you're still the boss. You know, you can you can you can compartmentalize and say, okay, Sean's got the difference. Because what he what he's really really good at is coaching a defense. I mean, I don't think he was him and Gallum weren't the best of friends. I mean, there was a lot of talked about you know they weren't like bosom buddies the two of them. Can I just bring in this point? Sorry, I know you're discussing about the Sean mm. Edwards thing, and I know this is a point I made last week, but I have a theory because I don't think Welsh there's much wrong with the Welsh defense in that game against England. They was it's much more the set piece. Yes, it's doing a good job now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it, it's 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 much more, but it's much more the scrum and the line. They lost a f- several lineouts again. Oh. Um, I know the scrum was badly refereed, but obviously I've got this theory, Mike, from my idiot point of view that defense coaches are stealing a living, and actually it's really 
easy as a job. You just get big men to, pu- to, to tackle, 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 go up in one line. Um, there's, it's not complicated defence, I don't think. That's, just for the that's, record, I don't agree, just for the record. I, I think attack coaches should be the ones being paid millions now to try and unpick. Basically, we've got, we have such specimens playing rugby now. The, you, do you need to do that much if you've got an England back row that tackles sure, I like... Think- Underhill and um, yeah, I, Underhill and thingy. I've talked about this. I talked about this on our pod the other week. Um, because I put a clip up about the Argentina boys training when they've had zero preparation and they, you know, and they they, they go around and beat New Zealand. Mm. Do your job properly, right? And I think what what Sean Edwards did really well is instilling the boys that you know this is have a bit of pride in it and do your job properly, right? Defend your channels, tackle mm. properly. Yeah, so I don't think that structurally there's a there's a there's a low that a defensive coach can do. And I, but I also, I flip it around, Hal, I don't think in attack there's a low that, that you can do as a team. I think what we don't... My little boy plays under 11s, right? Plays mm. a decent level at, at that age. He plays for the for Cardiff schools or whatever. But I watch like club rugby on the weekends. Like coaches is under 11s. I coach them since they were under sixes. And, and, we, and we share a feel with a lot of other uh, junior rugby teams. I don't want to see under eights teams doing frigging press line drills in defence. I don't want to see him doing... Uh, what I want to see them doing is practising how to sidestep, how, yeah. to, how to run a swerve, how to run an outside break, how to, how to run a switch and a dummy. We don't see the skills. They talk about they talk about great team defences and team defence coach, but then you get someone like Shane Williams and they, and they think that he's just he's fallen from heaven and he just, he just could yeah. do what he did. Yeah. There's, nothing, there's nothing stopping you. Te- you, want to, you want to be as good as sidestepping and an outside break as, as Shane Williams. We still coach those skills. It's not, a, it's not a coachable skill. So what I but do with the kids that I coach is just individual skills. The Welsh side at the moment, they just need to get their basics right and then the Wayne Pivak effect will come through and he'll be, you know... There'll be there'll be fascinating stuff happen. I don't know. I mean, maybe is you it? We just also, we, we just also, together uh, basics, right? We haven't for years. Do you think it's a curse that basically deep down every Welshman, Welsh woman, Welsh fan wants to play, wants another Phil Bennett, and uh, you know the the magicians of the past and JJ. Well, they could have they could have other Phil Bennett. They, that's what I'm saying. They could mm. you know um, Shane Williams wasn't playing in the 70s. He was playing yeah five year, five years ago. I mean, yeah. the, those players have still got. A, there's still a place for the, for skillful. Fast, quick players. Yeah, we, we just got to put a bit I mean, of faith in it. We have Johnny May. I mean, he's 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 all of those things, man. Fast and skillful. <laughs> well, it was someone like, and it wasn't a million years ago. Someone like Jason Robinson. I used to love watching Jason mm, Robinson. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He was fabulous. Those, those are old rugby league players that didn't know where they were going. Like you know, left, <laughs> right, back. For Johnny Johnny May's out there like a headless chicken. Yeah, and then I like eventually he just sort of straightens up and then finds some sort of curious yeah. gap that you didn't know was there. Like the number of times you see play, I made a mind runs the Blues Academy and he, he was working with the Ospreys. He was the backs coach of the Ospreys uh, a couple of seasons ago. And I said, mate, has the, have the laws changed since I started playing? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I said, say there's a rock or a mall five metres out from the try line. Can I take that ball at pace? He said, what do you mean? I said, can, can I start on the 22 <sighs> and accelerate and then you slap your shorts and pop the ball to me so I'm going flat out when I can receive it? He said, yeah, you can do that. I said, why, don't, why, why doesn't anyone do it then? Yeah. Why do we ship the ball back five metres to someone standing still so they yeah. can put their head down, their arse up, and go into someone's feet? And then we have 15 moles or 15 rucks in a row. Mm. Don't need to do that. Put a bit of pace onto the ball. I guess I guess they would say, Mike, that they they, they, they want to cut down any risk of losing the ball whatsoever. Exactly, if it is that. If, yeah. if you're hitting, it is the, that. hitting it at pace, then there's a chance you'll spill it. I don't want to see low-risk rugby. I want to see high-risk rugby. 
so does everybody else. And players want to play high-risk rugby. That should be fun, shouldn't it? Mike, on an, on an unrelated note, I hear you had a yeah. very bad injury in your time. Is that correct? You did something very nasty to your arm or your tendon or your... Uh, well, the, last, the thing that stopped me playing, yeah, my last injury was I, I detached my biceps on my right arm. So what it was that? sort of... What is, how much does that hurt, or does your body kick in with things to make to numb it? Is it? I'll, I'll be honest with you, Hal. It really hurts. Um, <laughs> so I was doing a lot of weights at the time. See, did you did you actually did it happen? To, I mean, did you did you scream? Did you actually scream? Oh yeah. Well, I was playing. I was playing for the. I was playing for the Wanderers, um, and I was lifting a lot of weights at the time. I I got very big arms, and I remember I, I sort of stuck an arm out to hit a scrum half. And he ducked into it, and his head hit me right on the inside of my elbow, mm. right on the tendon, and it just snapped my ten. My tendon just came off the bone and ended up under my so all of my bicep, which was a big bicep, oh, ended up under my up. sort of right shoulder. Oh, and my arm went like a sort of deep blue black color. Oh, and uh, I went in for the I went in for the ultrasound and stuff on it, and you could just see this curled up big massive arm stuck under my shoulder. But it was it, it was the time it was um, it was when there was a lot of MRSA about. When I was in for the operation, and there were four lads there. One was a copper young young bloke who was, who was there having. They'd all had MRSA, and this this fellow was wow. saying if this if these antibiotics didn't work, they were going to chop his leg off or his, <sighs> his bottom Jeez. off his leg certainly. I thought, Christ, do I really want to lose my arm at thirty five? So I I signed myself out of the operation. I didn't I didn't have the op. So that I've never had that bicep reattached. What, so you've got a load of bicep under your shoulder still? Some of it's up there, yeah. But I mean, it just sort of, <laughs> it just, it just sort of atrophies because you, you're not using it. So you end uh, up with the muscle underneath it just compensates, and then the bicep. So how yeah. are you? So how, how, got, are you how are you? How are you getting yourself into mega shape now, then, Mike? Because you're 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 um, you've dropped. Well, a few luckily for me, left-handed. <laughs> luckily for me, yeah. You only ever see my left side on this one, guys. No. No, see, your bicep doesn't do as much as you think it does. To be honest, it's, it's good for opening jars and using screwdrivers, but it doesn't <laughs> right. do it doesn't bend the arm joint. You think it? Yeah, yeah, it's good for clotheslining scrum halves. <laughs> you say you lost your cool as a player. You've lo- have you lost it yeah. badly as a coach when you were coaching kids? Are you one of those? Not with kids' his- rugby. Oh. I've I've lost it with. I've been sent off coaching adult teams, but I, I've never lost it with kids' rugby. You have to be a real arsehole to do that, wouldn't you? And I, I, I pride <laughs> myself that I'm. If anything, I'm the opposite when I coach kids. I, I'm, I'm sort of I become I become the uh, the gamekeeper. No. Have you ever lost it on a, on a comedy audience, Mike? Oh, I have, Dan. I did a gig for <laughs> good. I did a gig for Henry Whittacombe, who's, who's a person we might know, Josh's brother. Oh. And there was one bloke being extremely rude to a friend of ours called I think it was Trevor Locke was on stage. And he, he just barracked Trevor all all his whole set. And mm. Trevor's a nice bloke. Yeah. And I came on next, and he tried it on with me. I said, "Mate, I'm not, I'm not Trevor. Trevor's come a long way for this gig. On my say so." So I told him it was a nice gig. You've made or you've made me look like an arsehole already. All right. I said, "So shut up now." And he said something else. And I said, "Don't think I'm bantering with you because I'm not. I'll I'll drag you into the car park after this and fuck you up." <laughs> <laughs> so when I started doing comedy, my wife, God rest her, she would, she, God rest her, she's, she's alive. Oh, I'm, I'm what gonna say, say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I killed her. I, uh, 
That's a terrible wish. Kelly, if you listen to this, I, yeah, I, I, God bless, I meant to say. Very different. Very different. God bless my wife. Um, I, as I was leaving for gigs, I'd be driving. You know, it's like when you start and you drive into Sheffield and Leeds and Manchester and Birmingham, Cornwall and whatever. She'd go, have a nice gig. Drive carefully. Be careful. Don't drive tired. Don't drive tired. I said, I won't. If you, if you get tired, pull over, have a cup of coffee or something. I said, yeah, I will. I will, I will. Yeah. Don't hit anybody. <laughs> and that, that was always the, always the last thing the last she said one. to me was don't hit anybody. <laughs> Just quickly before, because I was, because yeah. I, I want to go back to this 70s thing. Um, are, do you think your love of the 70s, I know that you've got, you know, old cars and all the rest, because no one else loves oh, the know. 70s really, apart from ABBA. Uh, do they is there are there groups of people that meet up i think it's because because i do think it's to do with welsh rugby in the 70s being so special being i i have these memories i have these memories of welsh games like there was a time this is when i was really small 1979 i don't know if you've even remember this season england you know this is why i'm defensive of english rugby i think because i grew up first games i saw england were rubbish late 70s england were rubbish and in the late 70s, we beat France and then went to Cardiff. And there was a chance England hadn't beaten Cardiff, it's beaten Wales since 1963 oh, in Cardiff. And my dad went with his friend. And, and the whole build up to the game was England might beat Wales in Cardiff in 1979. And they beat us 27 3, you know, with four points oh. for a try. And the way games were, there was an absolute kicking. JJ Williams stuff. And my dad and his friend had driven to Cardiff and drove back in. And I remember opening the front door to them. I was nine years old and then walking in singing. Land oh, of my come on. Because uh, they they'd gone <coughs> devastated. But it was, it was just, it was that magic. There was just that. And there's that thing about, I mean, maybe that's the thing about England Wales games. I was up there in 1981 when we nearly won again and were beaten by a penalty with two minutes to go. And I wanted England to lose because the atmosphere was so yeah, old. Yeah. It was the old arms park the, before it was the, you know. And there was a Welshman, behind, a, a, a guy working at the ground sitting beside me. I'm there with an England hat on, England scarf, yeah. 11 years old and terrified because the atmosphere of pure oh my god wales might lose to england it was incredibly it was incredible well, I, I, I just i just think it's a, the I school just... team as a youngster we'd always get first dibs on the tickets mm. that would come to the school so oh, there used to brilliant. be the east terrace used to be the juvenile enclosure and it was basically under 12s only so that would just be full of kids oh, watching and you paid like two i got my tickets in the bar in a little frame you pay two pounds fifty and you go and see, the, as it was, the Five Nations then, you know, but it'd just be a bunch of kids, be hundreds of kids there. Oh, Brilliant. So cool. So cool. Mike, we better, we better let you go, I mate. Just, uh... I really enjoyed that, lads. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Hal. Hopefully we'll lovely, have, we'll lovely, have a chat to, with the Six Nations. Lovely to speak hopefully. to you. All being well. And you will forever be the first proper, proper player to have Dark ever been on our podcast. Probably the last. Because <laughs> we had Jared Christmas retired <laughs> yeah. at 13th. Again, as we say, I don't want to repeat it, but Dan played a long time, but at a yeah, terrible Dan, I, was I was a journeyman. Like, I was a journeyman. Flanker? Flanker? I was a flanker, yeah. Flanker, second row. Dotted around yeah, the back line, but, but flanker and yeah. back row was my And you, Hal, were an enthusiastic front rower? Yeah, I, <laughs> no, everybody thinks <laughs> I was a prop. This Sorry, is what man. upsets me. Uh, I was a stocky okay. scrum That's half. Fine. I was, a st- I was, I was, a- I did occasionally play flanker at school, but I was actually a scrum half. Where and did you play, Mike? Sorry, I, I've said this on previous pods. Ice back row, yeah, back row. It's flanker. Open side, open side when I was fit and, and, and blind side when I was less fit. And, and as you get a little older, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, those, and those are the womanising positions, aren't they? Yeah. Those are the positions for well, the I was men. I was up to my eyeballs in, 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 in girls every weekend. 
<laughs> Thank you so much, Mike, for that. Thank you, lads. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Proper sir. expertise Thanks, on Mike. the pod. Cheers. Great to have you on, man. Okay, so if you want to get in touch with us, uh, the email is rugbyjubbly at dltentertainment.com. Uh, Twitter is at jubbly rugby. It's the other way around. Instagram at rugby jubbly podcast. That's not confusing at all, is it? Um, they're all the different way around. And if you want to send us uh, comments or questions or things you've noticed, things you want us to say, shout outs, then please get in contact with us at any of those places, and we'll, um, you know, we'll chuck it out on the podcast, won't we, Hal? We will. We will. We will. We will. Or we will. else, if we don't get any, we don't get more comments. We have to keep saying really contentious things to get yeah, people to get, riled up. To get people to well, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to repeat once again. Please tell me Eddie Jones is rubbish. Yeah, And we don't. And defence coaches literally. Wayne Pivak's do a great job, and all defence coaches are a waste of time and That's money. That's right. Um, and Andy Farrell's not getting paid our, enough. Yes. Uh, but quickly for next week, I think. Ne- do you know what next week's games are going to be bloody brilliant? Apart from the biggest game, England France is going to be rubbish because the French are playing their third team, and England uh, hopefully will turn something else. Wales Italy could be interesting. I think Wales will win that quite easily. Wales should I think Ireland be Scotland is going to be a great game. Ireland Scotland. I'm not sure yeah, who's available for Scotland. I'm not sure if Finn Russell's is Finn Russell injured. Well, or, he, I like the guy um, that plays uh, uh, number ten, who isn't Finn Russell, Weir, who Duncan looks like Weir. the, the guy at the Simpsons. But also, it's the first ge- it's the, next week. First game of Fiji playing. Fiji, we're finally going to see playing against Georgia. But Georgia or Fiji, that could be really interesting. That could be, a, and maybe we'll see. You know, Fiji are going to be cooped up. Maybe they'll do an Argentina come out and yeah. play brilliantly, like Argentina all did guns, against New Zealand. All guns blazing. Anyway, brilliant. I think next, apart from the England France game, next week's going to be brilliant. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But for now, it's goodbye from the. Rugby Jubbly Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> That's quite sexy from me. Did you like that? It's good yeah. to <laughs> Loved it, mate. Well, Loved cheers, it. boys. That was good fun. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.